0: Hi everybody. Thanks again for joining another episode of the Be A Beacon podcast. I hope everyone is still hanging in there. It looks like by the time this episode is released, we'll still be dealing with COVID-19. I hope everyone is remaining safe and as safe as they possibly can. This episode, I'm very honored and privileged today to have three wonderful people on this uh, right now on this episode today, um, a lot of you all may know them as team racing. They uh, do a lot of they do a lot of events uh, they 're well known throughout the DMV and many of you even outside of the DMV know these people uh, so i 'm going to hand everything over and i 'm going to actually introduce them first uh, first, you all know racing and they're Got born, it. they were born in DC, they're activists, they're, is there is, I mean, we don't, is there anything that they don't do? Um, they're Um. all, they also in 2006 became one of the first openly gay advisory commissioners here in DC. So that, that is amazing. And that's one thing I definitely want to touch on the, uh, today, especially with us, you know, preserving our stories and us continuing to take leadership and also and have and actually gain control over our communities. And it's pretty much us taking care of us. Also, we have Krillios here uh, this evening, as well as Zar, who shapes out the team and others. Uh, Shout out to Nikki and others that helped to form this wonderful team. How's everyone doing today?
1: I am doing fabulously, I'm doing fabulously. Hi, Crelia's here. So happy to be here on this Lighthouse, such
2: a pleasure. And I'm Zarr. I'm happy to be here.
0: Okay, wonderful. So I'm gonna let you all take over. So um, uh, Racine, tell us more about why you feel it's important that, you know, like you, you know, you're actually a very active, you wear many hats. What inspired you? To begin taking on that role, especially you know in our community and with so many intersections.
3: What inspired me? I, 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 well, I'm inspired by so many things. I'm inspired, first of all, by a strong mother. My mother was there uh, is an amazing woman, uh, an amazing light. She. Uh, was my greatest champion. And as a social worker, she taught me the importance of being involved in community. And I learned that from a very early age. And when I came out and lived my authentic truth, my mother was very accepting. So I think that's so important. And then meeting people in my life who were mentors in my life, Avis Kedarvis, of course, my second mother, Um, so many other people who were older and mentors to me, like Roberta Baldwin, Uh, And then so many other peers in my life, Tina Teasley, Earlene Budd, Earl Folks, Colleen Cheatham, so many amazing people in my life who I have shared the platforms and been community involved for such a long time, for over 30 years, uh, working in so many different arenas and areas in my life and making sure that our LGBT stories matter that uh, being visible is important and being involved. I'm so glad that I had, in my lifetime, lived to see the first Capital Pride, the first Black Pride, the first Trans Pride, the first Youth Pride, first Latinx Pride, now Senior Pride. So I'm very happy to be involved in that and to be called and have the titles of Duchess of Pride and Empress of Pride. So I'm very (laughs) grateful for for all of those Uh, and, and I'm just grateful to be around so long to be able to see where we're going and where we've been.
0: And, and you know, you have just experienced so many changes and I'll definitely get to that in a minute. I mean, especially being, you know, being a native here of, of DC, where so much gentrification has happened, so much progress and so it has happened within the, with the LGBTQ community. Um, so I'll definitely get back to that in a moment, as far as inter- intergenerational and just all of the changes you've seen. Um, and and Krillos, Kirl- I wanted to know more about you, you know, you're, you've been here in D.C. now since 2014?
1: Yep, since 2014.
0: Right, and you're originally, and you're from Jamaica. Now, how has that journey been for you? Because we all hear so many stories about, you know, how it is being a part of the LGBTQIA plus community in Jamaica. How has that, how was that experience for you and your journey coming here and then connecting with Racine and everyone?
1: Of course, love to share on that. So, you know, um, as you said, I'm originally from Jamaica and, uh, you know, I decided to do my university education here in D.C. So I started Howard. And, you know, being gay or openly gay in Jamaica, of course, um, is not really advisable. And uh, even though some people are, um, but, you know, you have to, there, there's a it's it's not free you know it's it's just not free and so there it's just a totally different way of life there being you know an lgbtq person so i when i got here i knew that i was going to be out and i knew that i was going to live my life openly and because of the fact that i grew up in a restricted society i also knew that were it not for those who i had seen you know, that would fight for their community, who would make it okay to be gay. You know, those who I watched from, you know, through the internet, on TV, whatever, to see you know the fights of you know, the, the LGBT movement. without that, I would not be in the space where I was able to say, "I am going to come to America and be open and so because of that, I also wanted to work in the community, you know in the LGBTQ community um, specifically so that I could also lend my hand in giving back and reaching out and you know being an example to others. And so that's how I even got connected with Team Racine because I went to Black Pride twenty sixteen and that was the first time I ever saw Met Racine or um, you know, anything with Team Racing productions. And <clears throat> I was just so enthralled by everything that they did. And, you know, closer to the end of that year, I saw that Czar was reaching out on Twitter if anyone wanted to volunteer. And I started then in 2016, and I stayed with them right throughout college and afterwards. And now I am, you know, the MC and a producer for Team yes. Racing Productions. And, yeah, it's truly been one of the most fulfilling and rewarding um, things I've ever done in my life. So, yeah.
0: Wow. And you do an amazing job by, uh, you know, the you, and everyone definitely follow team racing on their YouTube channel. Um, you can find them at team racing and they'll definitely you'll definitely have the links in the show notes. And Zar, I wanted to um, talk with you as well, because I know you you know, you joined uh, Team Racine and you, you're a native here of DC. How has the journey been for you, especially with both you and Racine just seeing so many changes happen here in the city? Like, how has it been for you, you know, being openly gay and being here, you know, I mean, a native here of the city and then connecting with everyone here?
2: Yeah, um, I mean, it's it's definitely been a journey. So, um, I actually actually found it and created Team Racine. Um, It was an offshoot from uh, coming on as a, first as a volunteer, well, first as an attendee, and then as a volunteer with the Ask Racine Show uh, when it was at its, uh, at the venue of uh, Live Nightclub on uh, U Street, near U Street. And... We started, I, I came on as a volunteer, I then became the uh, the production manager and we started to do other things. There's other things we wanted to do. So creating Team Racine was a way to uh, create an entity under which to do these different projects. And it was, it was really, it's, it's again, it's definitely been a journey and Doing that uh, gives us the opportunity to interact with so many different types of people, to really highlight the uh, talents and abilities of so many people in all the different communities. And uh, for myself as someone who, uh, you know, I'm not really much for for labels, but I understand the importance of identity and for the importance of all, all the intersectionality for different people. And I think we provide spaces for people to really be able to express themselves. And I think that we've been part of a lot of of changes in the city. As you mentioned, I'm I'm born and raised in the DC area. And the changes just in the six going on seven years now since I came on board uh, back when we had the Ask Racine show at Live Nightclub, where things, things have improved in a lot of ways uh, as far as, as culturally, uh, but there have been a lot of challenges, you know, politically, you know, how things are going, uh, especially you know, on a national level. Uh, there's, there's, and, and this year, 2020 has just been a complete disruptor of everything. So uh, again, it's, it's definitely been a journey.
0: Definitely, and you and Racine definitely you know being here and pretty much spending your lives here, what would you say have been some of the major changes, especially in the black LGBTQIA community
2: I think I think one of the major changes is is visibility um, I mean I, and I realize because i'm I'm involved with so many things I don't have necessarily an objective perspective on things, but when I start, I mean, and before I even met Racine, right, so I knew of Racine uh, from DC Black Pride, and that event, even though it was a big event, it still wasn't something everybody knew about, and I, I guess that's why I have to acknowledge social media being such a game changer with things because now no matter what you do in the world somebody has a camera somebody wow. has a phone they got a camera they got yeah they got video they got photos so it it it, it gets out there which you know has its good and amb- and bad points depends on what you do and what you're what you're trying to do with it but so much there's so much that was just really hush hush and 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 you, know, you have you had clubs and different things and people didn't want it to be known about and um, or it just wasn't really talked about in, in, in openly, if you will. And now there's, you know, black, queer, everything right. There's uh, there's organizations and there's events and all this stuff that's really uh, just just a click away for people to find out about. So I would say visibility is definitely the, the biggest thing that's changed.
0: You know, yeah, I, yeah. What, I,
3: can add, I can add to that, you know, I, I came in an era where we had so many amazing clubs, spaces, and the closing of our clubs is like a chapter, a legacy gone away. Um, we've lost so much through that because those were our spaces that we had our own kind of feel, our own little area, our own little vibe our own thing. And when we lose one club or, and when we lose areas, when DuPont Circle was the place to be, and now it's no longer our Mecca, it is slowly going away. And it's, and that, and that's happening all across the country, our, our, our slowly erasing our LGBT spaces. But then, you know, through social media, which has been a blessing, especially in this time, we created team Racine. We created these wonderful ex- experiences where I have someone who is well over 50, so and then Kilios who's not under 30, and Zar, who's you know not quite thirty five you know so I mean it's like three different ages, generations come together and we come together under the umbrella of building our community, uplifting our community, and motivating our community through three different lenses. So then when we created, when Zar created Team Racine, and now all of these experiences, and we're reaching out and creating dialogues and conversations, meeting with pastors, bishops, congressmen, uh, folks running for office, creating forms, and, and meeting and sitting down with artists, Grammy award-winning artists, Singers and songwriters, we create the K and R experience where we talk with the wonderful singers and songwriters like alpha Anderson we've talked with Melvin Moore, Jeannie Tracy just dropped today um, and having Ros White, Silver Logan Sharp, uh, Daryl Stevens from Noah Ark, uh, and so many amazing people we've had conversations that we 've been reaching uh, and even across the pond to poets in London and having conversations all over the world with artists in different places and being able to talk under the umbrella of love, fellowship, artistry, and supporting each other and then supporting our allies in our community. So is it those are the wonderful things even when one door closes, another door opens. Oh well, that's for sure. Yes. So, yeah, so I, I'm really happy. Part of me cries and 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 and, and hurts to see certain things go. But then i'm open to the new beginning of what can become and what is and what is growing and and to have czar and krillios and nikki and Brittany and so many others a part of team racine gives me hope of where we're going
0: i know it definitely and where would we be right now without the internet like you said especially in times like this and you know, and Curlyos, I wanted to ask you, you know, the a question as well. Now, as far as us, you know, we're talking about spaces and everything. Now, you and other people I know across the um, across the diaspora were able to leave, you know, vi- violent countries that are violent toward, you know, LGBTQIA plus uh, populations. What what would you say as far as preserving? Re- recommend to those that can't leave their country. And how would you, what would you recommend to them as far as, you know, you know, preserving spaces or using, you know, or using their social media outlets if, if they can? Well, yeah, I
1: would, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a very, it's a very tricky, it's a, it's a very, very tricky question, you know, because, um, and even just the way how you said it a while ago um i'm i sometimes I'm almost still defensive of my country in little ways, you know because um you look at things from a perspective of you know I grew up there, so I know it for all the good it has of course and you yeah. know there's this you know there's this one singular evil that does exist, and um many times uh, you know it is. Put forward, you know, as the only face of the country, which, you know, I, I you know, I, I, I don't necessarily like because I grew up there and it was wonderful for the most part. No, with the one evil that is there, um, that we just acknowledge, which is the rampant homophobia. I will say this: um, I had. Um, certain access, I guess I would say, where I was able to, you know, go to a really good high school and was able nice. to, you know, apply for university, get a scholarship and stuff like that. But not many people have those same options. Right. There are not many people with those same options. And if you are, um, for example, not passing, if you can't pass as, you know, then life becomes much harder for you. So, you know, I am generally, you know, in my head, I'm a queen. But generally, I guess I'm masculine, you know, like just regularly, generally. I I suppose I am right. But, you know, growing up in Jamaica, I was called a sissy girl, fan. you know, all of that, which was great and cute. I lean into all of it, you know. I lean into all of it. So it doesn't really matter to me. However, because of the fact that I had access to education, because of the fact that I am still masculine presenting and stuff like that, I would have had a much easier life than a trans woman in Jamaica, for example, where um, many trans women are thrown out of their houses at 12, 13, 14, all, you know, at very young ages and have to live in the streets, have to live in the gutters. Um, you know, many LGBTQ people have to turn to um, sex work in Jamaica and then they're abused up on top of that. And, you know, so all of that is a thing that occurs there. And so it is a much harder than, because the system is against you at that point. So at that point, it is much harder than to get out of a space like that. And so coming to a space like this, it it you know, there are options. Uh, you know about Rainbow Railroad, they do, there's a great charity yeah. and they do great work of getting LGBTQ people from um, homophobic places, you know, places violent to LGBTQ people, and they can find a way to, you know, have them access coming abroad to, you know, some other country that might be better. There are also many other, um, not because these places are, you know, LGBTQ violent, you know, that does not mean that there aren't LGBT organizations who that are in those countries doing the work, doing the hard work. There's J-Flag in Jamaica. They've been around for ages and they have done really, really good work Um, when it comes to the fight for LGBT rights in Jamaica, which has been moving forward. I will say, you know, Jamaica now has its own pride. Which takes place in August, from um, in the Emancipation period, we call it. That's the week between Emancipation Day and Independence Day, and that is when Pride takes place. Really leaning into that freedom and liberty of it all, you know. And that's been taking place since 2015. So you know, things and times have changed, um, and uh, so e- even within places like those, one can still find their space. And I will say not everywhere you go, there are pros and cons, you know, coming to America. I came here during the Obama era. I was very hopeful, very beautiful. And um, I would tell you now, if I had just graduated high school in 2019 or 2020, I don't think I would like be standing like, oh, girl, I'm just going to go to university in America. I would probably look somewhere else. You know what I mean? Right. Um, like Canada or something. No shade. I've loved my time here, and I love um, that DC has been my second home. And um, but you know, nuances to everything.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. And what what have you noticed as far as like any nuances here? Because of course, like you said, you know, nowhere's perfect. And and I, you know, I have spoken with some people with J flag, and you all are, you know, they are doing wonderful, wonderful work. Um, what? as far as you know i guess just them preserving stories so more of these groups you say you would say are helping as, especially with story preservation and especially for a few, um, for the younger generations
1: oh I yes think. definitely definitely i would say that and they're very good with their social media as well where they create you know videos they have testimonies they have stories they preserve actual queer caribbean culture you know um because you know there are those certain things even though even though it's a subculture within a subculture that culture still exists and so right. you know these these spaces and places help to to still keep that alive and um I've had many friends who have worked with the j flag and you know friends who have been um you know like they they they've uh, they have uh, gone through the things where they understand you know what JFLAG right. does because J JFLAG has helped them or you know things of that nature so yes and um I also think me being a part of this is a way of preserving a story I come with a very unique background and now I am living my not only just living open I am doing that in with a production company that is you know openly queer all queer people in it what we do like gay shits You know, like, that's what we do. We really do. You know, we do everything. Here's the thing. We do everything, but it's really done through a queer lens. And we are doing things at, you know, a very great caliber through a queer lens, showing that all these different queer people can come together and create something so beautiful. And I come with my own unique perspective from Jamaica with that background. And, you know, I'm able to put that into this work that we do. And with that, I'm also preserving a story. So, yeah, that's how I look at that.
0: Wonderful. And you're right, because I think that's, that's definitely the concern, especially, you know, in this era of Black Lives Matter, where we are coming together more than ever before. But in many times, we're learning that many of our, we're learn we're relearning a lot of stories that were kept from us. And many people aren't even aware of, you know, of African uh, homosexuality and homosexuality across the diaspora, and sometimes just even here in in the d c region um so I just you know I want to ask all of you since you all are are kind of of different age groups, so you know starting with you are, what would you recommend mm-hmm. for someone especially if you're you 're in your thirties you know and being in you know both of us being kind of in our mid thirties you know we kind of see that that era where we you know a lot of, we were raised by baby boomers or early generation Xers for the most part. So we may still have a little more conservatism in us than, especially even than some of the people, you know, around Kralios' age and younger. You know, so what would you say for someone, you know, kind of, you know, in the middle that are like, you know, well, I don't, we don't really have a story or we don't you know, we still are, you know, we still have our issues here, you know, but like I said, the four of you and then the others um, part that are part of the team, you all are doing wonderful work, every, you know, all the time with YouTube, when we have, when y'all have in-person events of just preserving our stories and sharing just a wide variety of our community. And that's what I personally love most about, about the whole, about all of you, you all just show everybody like so you have melba moore on you've had um sit you've had council people there on there entertainers comedians just a wide variety of people so zar what would you say for someone to just especially in our age group that feel like oh well they're in the middle and they you know and there's no story preservation
2: well i mean i think um i mean everyone has a story right so i i think that we and I, I, mean, I don't know, I would say about the, the age thing, I think people do kind of get focused on that a bit more than I think they should. And I, I do think one of the great things about Team Racing Productions, about the group of people with which we work is that it's very intergenerational. So that is not something I really see with other groups, and organizations, um, I mean, you know, some of your larger organization, perhaps, but as far as people who do things like we do with the events and 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 things of that nature, it's usually more, more, more niche. It's usually people who are very much in the same demographic. And I, I really appreciate that we have the perspectives of people from different generations as well as all the other differences amongst us. And I, I would say that, we 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 should reach out more to people who are who are younger who are older. I, I think that again I, I think I think people get a little too stuck on what is familiar in terms of of generational commonalities. And I don't know, I'm I'm someone who doesn't really think in those terms, you know, so so I, I I've always had not always, but I, I frequently have had friends who are a bit younger a bit older all that sort of thing and i, I think we all have stories to tell and we should all be able to appreciate the stories from all those perspectives
0: right noah agreed and i'm someone where i say so i, I love, that, just, just I love number. that yeah
1: yes yes i love that and you know that just brought up a point and you know the core four of us from me to Zar to Nikki to Racine, you, you know, really intergenerational, like I'm just right there, you know, and it's, it's this wonderful thing that we all just bring to the table, you know, very unique, very different, very different perspectives we've seen life from so many different places and putting them together. That's why we really have, you know that um, when you look at the content that we provide, especially when you go to our YouTube channel, it's a very eclectic mix. It's a very eclectic mix because we like to bring, you know, all these different things together and create this wonderful tapestry of people's stories, the different stories that need to be told.
2: Maiden. Yeah, and I just want to add too, I mean, and just a shout out to Monique, uh, Racine mentioned Brittany, uh, there's some some uh, life program Raymond, there's some other people who are coming on and starting to do things with us that you have to be uh, proactive about these things and when I when we talk to people and we connect with people I always think you know what where else can we go with this person and not just make presumptions about whether or not they uh, they, they have something to offer you know I, I just I look for that spark and I I see what we can do, you know, and it's hit or miss sometimes. But I think that you you need you need to be conscious about who you reach out to and who and who you consider. And I I really try to make an effort to broaden my mind in in that aspect as much as possible.
0: Right. And that's you know, that's something that's definitely important. And Racine, I like you to touch on it because you you've seen it all. I mean, you've seen so much.
1: That's because
3: I'm a hundred years old. (laughs) um uh, but it but it's but it's an honor and it's the joy knowing that one whenever i am somewhere or a part of something i want people to know one that's a safe space. and safe spaces are so important whether that you're part of the lgbtqia community or not but creating a safe space for allies for those who are believers and non-believers For those who are politically aware or not politically aware, that if you don't have to come into the space, if you don't think a certain way, or you don't believe in our politics, that everybody is welcome into a space where you see Team racing. everybody's welcome. So creating that kind of experience wherever we are is so important for me and it's so part of I am because no matter where I am, I bring my authentic self with me. I bring my history. I bring my blackness. I bring my queerness. I bring my brotherhood, my sisterhood, my fatherhood, you know, all of those things with me. I walk into a space with everything that I am. I'm more than just one thing. I am everything. So I bring that all to the table. So that's so important that I'm so honored to see where I am in this life, and, and the journeys that are continuing, that are continuing for me on this journey. Doors that are continuing open, you know. And I believe, mm. if, you know, that where in this in this life, it's not always going to be roses. You're going to have to smell some onions, you know, or something <laughs> that's going to make you cry. You know, at the end of the day, and and I've experienced some things in my life with that. I've seen some hurt, but I find that through the pain, you have to have joy. It makes me right. celebrate the joy through all of my pain. Through coming through, you know, turbulent times in my lifetime. You know, I. You know, we've gone through marches and protests. Yeah, uh, we've gone through uh, the AIDS epidemic. Now we're in a Pandemic. Now we're in Black Lives Matter. Now we're going through protests and rallies, and we're going through a turbulent time, but yet the, the, the spirit of the people will not be broken. Through all of all, everything I've seen in my life, the spirit of people can never be broken. It can be shook. Never. But it can never be broken. And that's the strongest thing that I'm so happy in my lifetime that I'm holding on to is my strength. Is my
0: greatest. No, and I, I completely respect that, and and I definitely understand, and that's a very important message. And Racine, what would you say to those um, that are, especially our, our you know our elders that have been, like you said, have just seen so many changes and been through so much and been through so much turbulence, and they just despite because I've spoken with a few queer elders. And they said, despite the openness, they're still very, they're still uncomfortable. And they think that something could just happen any moment now, you know, some, you know, I've spoken with someone that feels like McCarthyism may come back and, you know, and they remember that time. So what would you say to those elders that may feel like, you know, that this is like fake hope, so to speak, that, you know, we still need to be in the community more conservative?
3: Let your fear fuel you. You have to have fear. It has to fuel something. If I don't fear anything, then I don't have anything to go on. So my fear fuels me. It fuels me for something better. Then I know that there's something better coming. I know that there's greatness coming. That I can't worry about somebody, whether or not they're going to harm me or hurt me or put me out. If they don't want me there, I'll create a table. If they don't want me there, I'll create a door. If I'm not welcome, I'll create a space. You know, so, and if someone wants to harm me, I create other folks who are going to celebrate me. And at, whether or not you may not like me or appreciate me or understand my lifestyle, you're going to respect And And in that space, we're going to respect each other as human beings in an experience to make this world a better place. Either you're going to jump on the train or you're just waiting, catching up
0: you know i def- i feel you i feel you with that completely uh, you know it's like because i think it's sometimes especially with our you know with the intersections we all have you know we still you know force ourselves at the table even if we're not wanted there and i get people's reasoning with that but it's like well you know shit let's just all you know bring our own tables you know if you know even if we're not welcome somewhere let's just do our own thing so i definitely you know respect that and you know i definitely follow you know follow that and i agree at that one thousand percent not just one hundred percent but one thousand percent and you know on that note you know especially with you know us and you all are doing a great job at preserving our stories and making sure Everyone is heard. What would you say to our community that are still, you know, still embracing um, if y'all, you know, can answer this or want to answer this that are still embracing kind of whiteness or they feel like they have to be with the mainstream queer community. And sometimes we know that even the mainstream queer community, you know, isn't there isn't really for us and you know people may be excluded and feel like, well, if I don't have a place here. Where do I have a place. And like you said, for those that aren't that, you know, fearless, that, you know, where they will just say, well, you know what, I'm just going to bring my own table. I'm just going to create my own space.
2: I mean, well, I'd, I'd like to interject the quote. Uh, Audrey Lord said, your silence will not protect you. And I think that if anybody thinks they're just going to, you know, be quiet and, and go along to get along i i i suppose there are circumstances where where that is what 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 can get you by but i i don't think that's an effective uh choice of of, of how to get through things and I, I don't think that uh capitulation i don't think that uh living your life the way other people think you should is, is, is the answer. Right. And that's certainly not my mindset, but, um, I don't know. I think you have to let people make their decisions. And I think there's some people who they live in fear and they're going to live in fear and that's, that's where they're comfortable. And I know, I know seen is much more of an optimist than I am, but, um, I, I think some people, they're just they're where they're at and they're just kind of stuck there
1: yeah i can see that as well sir but in a way of um i would say this for many people um, if you have the privilege to be able to sit back or the privilege to be able to lean into that fear um or whatever it may be for the moment then many times people will sit back in that privilege um, because, you know, at the moment, they don't have a reason why they shouldn't. For many people, um, it's a wake-up call. You know, it's uh, it's this big event. It's something, you know, that can, you know, shock them into, you know, being proactive, you know, doing something, um, or, you know, you're, you know, making that change, you know, coming out of fear, telling their truth, whatever it may be. Um, and for many other people, you know, it's a process. It's a slow, long process. And, you know, so as I said, basically, you know, everyone has their choices, um, but sometimes, uh, you know, that choice may be, may not be the most efficient one, let's say, um, mm-hmm. especially, especially in moments like these. You know, I think we're at a watershed moment in history and um, it's really the time for people to, um, you know, really, really, really wake up really really wake up because we these are very very different unprecedented times and it's times like these that you know you know turn the tide of history it marks history you know this year will be a very memorable year you know we're living through a very um great historical moment right now and uh, what we choose to do with that um because of how great this moment is whatever we all decide to do and choose within this period will really kind of speak to ourselves and our legacy and what we want to leave for future generations forever
2: yeah and i think that kind of touches on what we do and why we do what we do so i mean team racing we we aim to entertain inform educate and inspire and we wanna create safe spaces, we wanna create opportunities, we wanna create uh, ways for people to get to resources and just ascertain information so that the people who do wanna do, do differently or change or grow or get informed have, have a, a way to do that. So I, I think that you have, to, you have to put things out there to give people access so that they they can be the best that they can be.
3: It's so important. I think everybody hit a lot of topics that were important. I feel like people, when you talk about spaces, we get into spaces that whatever you wanna call them, queer, LGBT or gay or whatever, or spaces that are predominantly uh, catering to one group. What we have learned, especially now in the times that we're dealing with, folks who are being in spaces that uh, where the powers that be do not fully celebrate you. And the moment you become uncomfortable, then things change for you. It shifts in your mindset of thinking that, you know what? Wait a minute. I got comfortable now i'm starting to feel mm-hmm. uncomfortable because i went over here thinking i was okay but i'm in a space mm-hmm. that somebody who has the power to harm me hurt me or persecute me does not like me mm-hmm. because i'm a part of this one particular group so when you start feeling uncomfortable then it uh uh, uh your awakeness you become awoke and then you become more aware And then you realize, wait a minute, something. And everybody has that epiphany. At a certain point in their life, some folks, it takes them getting to a certain age to wake up and realize that they were never welcome at a table. Mm -hmm. They realized that table that was created, nobody was welcome in spaces that did not look like them. They didn't want any of y'all there. So, you know, and folks have to realize when people are persecuted and you feel uncomfortable, then you have that. It shifts. So then you realize you can't be just one thing in one space. You bring everything to who you are. I cannot just walk into a space and say, I'm gay. I'm, I'm part of, I'm, I'm coming in. I got to bring everything my authentic authentic Mm -hmm. self to that space and whether that you may not like it you're going to have to get with the program if not I'll move on and leave you stuck but people who hate us hate us and it doesn't have to deal with being white being trans being gay folks who do not like a part of the LGBTQIA community if they don't like us that's all of us don't have nothing to do with how white you are, or how black you are, or how femme you are, how butch you are, how trans you are, they, if they do not like us and they want to harm us, they will do the harm to all of us. So when we talk about Black Lives Matter, we can't talk about Black Lives Matter when we don't talk about trans lives, and right. trans men and women who are part of that umbrella. If we can't talk about when somebody who is a part of the LGBT community is killed or harmed, or discriminated against it is time for everybody to get on the train right. so it's time for our caucasian brothers and sisters who are part of the lgbtqia community we all got to stand together when someone is harmed hurt or persecuted it affects us all right
0: mm-hmm. And was there anything else anyone wanted to add, like any, uh, fi- any final thoughts, any messages that you have uh, just for the, for the community? And what do you see as the next steps? As far as, I mean, we're in this movement now, but what do you see are the next steps? Like Racine, I know you're, you're running you know, again you know, for the ANC. Well, for all three of you, what would you say the next steps are for especially for our community? For um, just the Black LGBTQIA plus community just to continue to stay motivated, uh, to continue just sharing our stories and making sure that the, our future generations and even those now that don't feel like they're, you know, heard despite everything, despite everything that we've all discussed this evening. Uh, what would your messages be for that?
1: Mine would be, well, you know, I'm a story. Um, I'll say this. I'm a storyteller. That's what I do. That's what I've always wanted to do. Um, That is what I aspire to do as a part of team racing. So my message is share stories, share each other's stories. This is these stories that, um, stories are what build cultures. Stories are what build societies. Um, Stories are what builds individuals. Stories are what builds history. And so together, um, you know, Black queer people, Black LGBT people, LGBT people, all people, humans, you know, together, the stories are what bind us together. The stories, um, that's what makes us know who we are and who we think of the human race together. You know, that's that's how we have our perception of life. And so um, share stories. And so that's what we aspire to do here, sharing our stories, sharing other stories, and it's within sharing these stories that one, you are able to know about what others are going through, being, being there to help, you know, because it's all a part of the unity. Using this, the stories, the sharing of these stories to uplift one another, to make change, to put that change forward. When people saw that George Floyd video, that was a story being shared there that shocked the world and shook up everything in the middle of a pandemic without that story being shared um, what happened this year would not have happened. And so that's my Mm -hmm. message, keep sharing stories. It's important.
2: And um, I'll go next so Racine can have the last word. I want to say that uh, I think we're at a very pivotal time. And so most important is simply to vote everybody needs to vote and be active uh, in this election season Uh, from everything from your from your local elections, certainly to the presidential election i do i I cannot fathom what happens if we do not course correct with this next election i i I cannot imagine i I, my mind literally cannot uh, really process what that would be like. Um, I, think it's going, I, think, I think we're in for a really bumpy ride for the end of 2020. And I don't, I don't think 2021 is going to be any big switch. I mean, it's, it's just a year will change, the calendar will flip over, and we're still going to be dealing with almost all of the same things we've been dealing with for the years past. But I, I think it's important to vote. It's important to be involved to do what you can in your community uh, again with voting or just anything else to help people and to do, do whatever you can do. Everybody has talents and capabilities and, and not everybody can get a picket sign. Not everybody can run for office. Not everybody can write a poem or write a story or, or do a podcast, but there's something everybody can do to try to spread knowledge to disseminate information to to just help somebody and, and bring some kindness into the world and I think that people need to do that and they also just need to be relentless I think that people need to be be willing to fight and be willing to lose a little to gain a lot more
0: that's beautiful and that's that's very true. Every each one of us can do our part and going to let's and then we're wrapping this up. So Racine.
3: What can I say other than that has not been said?
0: Speak.
3: <laughs> Speak. Give your voice power. Speak in your authentic truth and live in your authentic truth and love each other better. Treat each other better allow the universe whatever that may look like for you is to teach you to love everyone and when you love everyone you can fully live your life in its authentic truth
0: and beautiful words by all of you i wanted to thank you racine ukrylios you, czar Nikki and the whole team for putting this uh, for putting this together and making this happen. Um, everyone, this is why I continue to do this because it's so important for us to share our stories. Don't wait on other people to share your story. Don't, you know, just sit and wait on people. Do what you can. Like everyone mentioned tonight, do what you can. You don't have to run for office. You don't have to do a podcast, but just like Racine said, even just being kinder to each other, you know, even just, you know, loving and start with loving yourself as well and just continue to be a beacon in your own life life and that will spread out to others like what they're like what they're like what this team is doing here um definitely check out the everything they have on youtube the hopefully the in-person <laughs> events will be back you know soon like yes so. we are in you know we're still in for a bumpy ride and we're doing yes we right love here.
1: to shamelessly plug we love shamelessly plugging so you know just Check out our YouTube channel. That is the Team Racing YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at Team Racine and on Instagram at Team Racine. And you can follow our Eventbrite link at TeamRacine.Eventbrite.com. So thank you guys so much. This has been such a wonderful pleasure. If you have someone who's listening, vote for
3: us for the best of Gay DC, Tantalizing Tuesday with Racine and Krillios and me for most committed activists. So vote for us. Go to
1: www.bestofgaydc.com. Yeah. <laughs> through September 20th, through September 20th. <laughs>
2: yes. And go to R a y c e e n R-A-Y-C-E-E-N.com.
0: Yes, and there all you have of it. the link- The
1: queens of the shameless plug.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, and I knew y'all were going to do that, you know, all of the links (laughs) will be here for y'all, will be in the show notes for y'all. I've already put in my votes. Of course, they got my votes. And make sure, you know, that you do too and check out everything. They are examples of creating your own table and just being there for the community and showing a wide variety of our community. And I wanted to thank you all again for coming on this show. As usual, you can reach out to me, uh, less at leslighthouse.com. Um, you'll have my uh, social handles in the show notes as well. And I hope you all continue to be safe, love yourselves, love one another, and take it easy. Bye. Bye. Bye.